Welcome to our Wilmot Dixon podcast series, Building Knowledge, Shaping the Future of Construction. I'm Hannah Moss, Group Communications Manager at Wilmot Dixon, and in this episode I'm catching up with our Director from our London and East office, Mark Chamberlain, to talk about Westminster's flagship development in the heart of Paddington, Dudley House. The project is a blueprint for how the public sector can harness its strengths to deliver affordable homes and community infrastructure within a constrained urban location. It's really great to have you here with us today, Mark. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of Dudley House and uh, your involvement with the project? I was the project director responsible for the scheme uh, for Westminster. It's a mixed-use scheme uh, set in the middle of the Paddington Basin area of West London, and the scheme was the final part of the jigsaw for the completeness of the area. But Westminster were very keen to utilise the opportunity to provide a city for all in terms of affordable homes within the borough of Westminster. The scheme broadly comprised of a mixed-use 22-storey tower, 197 apartments, a replacement church and, critically, a replacement school for Marylebone Boys' School, which was all linked into the scheme. Uh, We were involved all the way through from the early conception, through the early feasibility, and also through two-stage, obviously through to construction. The scheme was the largest design and build scheme ever commissioned by Westminster, so I was privileged to take the lead on their behalf to deliver this prestige scheme. It set the opportunity for Westminster to look at the markets, different tenure approaches, providing opportunities for people that lived within Westminster to actually live and work within the borough, so it was vital in that respect. The other key aspect of the scheme was a replacement school for Maribyrn Boys' School, which was an 840-place school. Uh, The boys had been in temporary accommodation probably in excess of four years, so this was critical to get them back into a stable education environment so that they can begin to progress their own education and aims for the future. The success of the scheme has enabled the headmaster, Richard, to actually now undertake a further expansion to include a sixth form element, which is never part of the original conception, but just begins to demonstrate how successful the scheme has been in that respect. So what were some of the challenges that you came across uh, working on such a large-scale project? Uh, For me personally, I was fortunate to have had previous experience within Wilmot Dixon Group of some of our larger schemes, uh, which had been commissioned under construction management contracts. And that had afforded me some exposure to working on larger projects within the group. However, it has to be said, Dudley was taking, uh, the, taking us to another, another stage of that development with such a high-rise scheme with a critical importance with the customer being Westminster. Um, the location uh, was a typical inner London city development. However, it being adjacent to Paddington Main Rail Station, uh, we were sharing the only single access uh, to the project with their colleagues at Lango Rourke and MacLear and Rush. So we had to maintain a strict logistical approach in terms of deliveries and transportation. And our project team were in constant dialogue with their peers from the other contractors. This was further compounded during the, the process because the school was completed some 12 months earlier than the overall project completion. So it wasn't just about dealing with the construction logistics on the construction site, it then extended and expanded to consider logistics and construction and health and safety whilst you've got 650 boys 
occupying the new seven-storey school building, which we just completed. So it expanded and tested us in that respect. The site logistics were, were fairly commonplace with an environment in London. The footprint of the building was the footprint of the building. There was no uh, spare space within the building for site accommodation. So we had to gain special licence permission from highways at Westminster to relocate a temporary accommodation and site office complex, which at, at its peak had to provide provision for welfare for in excess of 350 operatives working on the scheme, plus a broad uh, base staff team of Wilmot Dixon of in the region of 40 people, plus the supply chain sharing a main multi-use office. Logistically, we had two tower cranes, and it's fair to say that the, the removal and decommission of the larger crane uh, proved to be quite technically challenging, but in terms of the relationship, we had a, a shared access road with an existing residential block, which housed a nursery and a, a bar, and uh, making arrangements to get permission and logistical to take the tower crane down without in any way impacting upon the residents or the business or the nursery was a key challenge. But a team worked really well, really hard to do that. Um, so we had no issues in respect of that aspect of the project. Constructing a large concrete frame building in the centre of London uh, was one thing. We had to excavate a two-storey basement and that averaged taking uh, vehicle movements in excess of 50 vehicle movements per day, but it did peak on one day over 100, which was meant which meant we had to manage logistically traffic management to ensure those excavated materials were taken off the site in a coordinated and safe manner. We looked very hard at ways of reducing the time on site, and we chose to slip form the main cause and then follow up with precast components within the main structure, which reduced the number of concrete vehicles delivering to the site. And we had to look very carefully at ways to minimise traffic and vehicle attendances on the project. So working with their supply chain partners, uh, particularly on the M&E side of things, we worked very hard in terms of prefabrication of plant rooms and main boiler plant and main risers, so that the amount of deliveries coming to site were reduced significantly. We also worked very hard with a logistic supply chain partner and we took benefits um, of agreeing with the facade contractor that the materials that were coming in from Germany and from across in Ireland would be stored at a holding area on behalf of us with a logistics company. So we were then able to manage and ensure vehicles were delivered with a just-in-time approach, again, to reduce the impact on the local environment and the local area. You have to recognise that Paddington Basin is a very, very busy environment and we had to share the access road with, you can imagine, a number of black taxi cabs that used to queue <laughs> looking for business and that was always a very sensitive matter for us to make sure that their businesses weren't impacted at all. Um, I think the key thing really was the fact that we knew there would be challenges and it was the close relationship we had, particularly with the highways department of Westminster, yeah. which was key. And we shared those resources with the other joining contractors to make sure, as a collective, we tried to reduce our impact on the local environment. Sounds like a very challenging project. So how is it different running a really large-scale site compared to some of the smaller projects we may have done? I think from the outset, um, we, we established that we would become a self-sufficient business hub so we set and established the project up with a full complement of, of team members uh, throughout the, the scheme, covering all disciplines, as you'd expect, commercial, design, health and safety, welfare, 
um, and obviously site management. But we thought it was very key, because of the large volume of people on the site, that we really emphasised the importance of the supply chain being part of that structure. So it was critical that the, the main office working area was shared with the supply chain. So we, we set up the whole scheme with a view that we would be self-sufficient. I would report back, but however, it was run as an autonomous project. We had board meetings held on the scheme and principals meetings, which again were run from the main office complex. And for me, the key thing was recognising that you weren't just constructing with the normal obligations. You know, I felt I had a professional and personal obligation to ensure that people were happy to come to work there and they felt they were in a safe environment and they were respected. We, we tried to minimise and reduce any potential for mistrust or people feeling un uncomfortable in the environment, both from a working environment point of view, but also from a professional technical point of view as well. We held a recent customer showcase day at Dudley House and a common theme that kept being mentioned was the relationship built between Westminster Council, Wilmot Dixon and the architect CGL. Why was this relationship and relationships in general, I suppose, so important? I know talking to Graham Soares, who was the Westminster Project Director, um, I think it was key that we provided the right level of senior management and support. And Graham has often said that he, th he thought we were well structured from his perspective, uh, from director level downwards, and that I was very much involved and was always very hands-on and appreciated that if there was any issues that he would always get uh, my attention and they always resolve quickly. So I think it was listening and being there to resolve matters. Some matters were difficult, but it was actually the project result was the aim for everybody. Uh, the, the key thing was that the project came first, and we worked on that basis probably unconsciously, um, but it became more, more prevalent as we went through, uh, particularly with a focus on the school delivery, um, and I think, again, working very closely with the lead architects. We've, we've had conversations since, and both the architectural practice, CGL, uh, and the customer being Westminster, have regularly uh, made comment that it was the best working relationship they'd had in their experience. And we just worked very hard together about being honest and putting the customer first. We respected the architectural team. Uh, we had challenges, no doubt, with any project. But it was the way those challenges were addressed and how we responded to solving problems, which were key for us. During the construction of Dudley House, the tragic Grenfell Towers fire broke out. How did this impact the Dudley House project? The events of Grenfell were, were clearly uh, of concern, particularly mindful that Grenfell was only two or three tube stops away from the, the Dudley House scheme. Right. Um, I found it quite difficult because I felt that I had to uh, evaluate some of the impact of that. So I, I chose quite reluctantly one day just to jump on the tube and didn't wish to become um, visible particularly around the area because it clearly was very sensitive but just stayed on the tube line at Latimer Road and you could see the, the aftermath of Grenfell and it really brought home to me the importance of what we do in construction and how people rely upon us and their expertise and professionalism. So it made me think what would I do now if I was the customer being Westminster? Uh, clearly there's lots of issues associated with it and the customer must be wondering you know we're building a scheme not two or three tube stops away of similar magnitude 197 homes um, so I actually began to think about if I was Westminster how would I be feeling 
and what would I need from my construction team to give me some comfort that we'd done everything we could. So unbeknown to Westminster, we, we set about to review the design, particularly associated not only with the facade, but um, everything that had been drawn and signed off met all the regulations. It was compliant in every avenue of the current regulations at that moment in time. I was keen to ensure that my design team explored every opportunity to remove any possible risk of any combustible components mm -hmm. within the facade. So we spent a considerable time looking at ways to ensure that whilst it was a compliant design, um, people tended to use the word that is, is compliant, but I was nervous or aware that interpretation may be influencing that. So my directive to the team was just take away any reference to interpretation. We need to construct a facade and building fenestration, which comprises of components which are non-combustible. Mm -hmm. So we went back to the design with our architects and we changed a number of components to non-combustible, particularly insulation membrane, and we removed other components which could be seen in the future as potentially problematic. We had to look at uh, a risk in terms of planning, because if we changed the, the profile of the building, or some of the depth of the structures, it may be a planning issue. Uh, we also had to look at thermal modelling because we were changing the performance of the insulation material. We did all that without any issues in terms of cost or time. We were fortunate we could incorporate the design changes and upgrades within the design programme. Once we had a solution, we then presented to Westminster. Um, and I firmly believe they were really reassured but that we really looked very closely and ensured that the Dudley House, as far as possible at that time, went over and above in terms of its performance. But it just didn't end there either. We then started to look very closely at making sure that the other components, which were uh, life critical, you know, fire doors, fire stopping, etc., etc., and we introduced a series of, of independent, robust testing regimes to support our teams and the supply chain, not there to uh, create problems, but again, give our teams uh, the resources and the advice to make sure they could deliver a product which satisfied uh, all aspects of fire certification. All the external fire cavity barriers on the facade were inspected by a team in conjunction with the original design team. So we, we extended the commission of FSR designers to take on a duty to us to ensure the quality was there, the cavity barriers, and we changed the installation protocol with the supply chain so that all the cavity barriers were installed by certificated fire companies rather than facade operatives. How did the team meet the challenges of building on such a restricted site? It was key to understand uh, from the stakeholders' perspective um, what was critical for the success of the scheme. So it had to start by looking at design uh, because we had to make sure that the, the design considered there was two completion stages, section one, which was a Malibuan Boys School, and section two, which was the, the residential uh, 197 apartments plus the church and the retail space. So we had to think carefully from the outset, making sure the design would satisfy and, and comply with that obligation. But I guess it started also by recognising from the design in the early stages, working uh, with, with CGL, we recognised that the design concept, was it was vital that the school had its own identity. So it was in a separate seven-storey block uh, linked to the residential block through the two-storey basement. And the key thing was there was a major plant room which was sited underneath the residential block uh, with a CHP system which serviced both the school and the residential block in its final completeness. 
So for us, it was the uh, the knowledge and the intelligence associated, not just with the structure, but it was the technical side of installing a plant room underneath a 22-storey residential block, which would link through the car park to service the seven-storey boys' school, which had to open and be fully operational 12 months before the completion of the residential scheme. So 12 months before the residential scheme was completed, we had to commission and test and commission all the life systems and any interfaces and relationships through the main plant room to service the school. So we had to then maintain a live plant room in a construction environment with the residential construction and completions going ahead on the upper levels, and then also begin to add in the additional loading and the requirements to service the residential scheme, whilst not in any way adversely impacting upon the operation of the school or the, critically the life systems such as smoke clearance in the basement or the link back to fire alarm systems. So it was a very considered approach in terms of how we get the school live in terms of uh, the, the services provision, recognising we've got a live plant room in a construction space. So in terms of uh, access provisions, permits to enter, etc., it was critical that we controlled any access into the plant room so that we prevented any unauthorised access into that space, which could have, by uh, either by design or by accident, impacted upon the operation of the school. We, we couldn't allow the school curriculum to be impacted in any way, particularly examination times. So we factored in very carefully our programming, uh, closely liaison with the school's FM provider being Pinnacle, working closely with their project manager, but also the headmaster and the team because the school curriculum, particularly examinations, it was paramount importance. Mm -hmm. We could not impact upon the boys' education. So that was one aspect of it. But again, once the boys, initially their intake of 650 boys, we still have a live construction site, which was linked literally adjacent to the school. So in terms of their procedures, uh, emergency procedures, uh, protocols for communication in terms of fire alarms or any potential evacuation uh, requirements, that was a regular update in conjunction with the school uh, because it was critical they understood what we were doing and we couldn't allow the school to be interrupted by false alarms. Mm -hmm. However, we had to have a system in place whereby if any unfortunate uh, occurrence there was a requirement to evacuate, we had the appropriate communication links to the school to make sure the boys and the staff were safe. In terms of the operational side of things, um, when the school moved in, the first question, and clearly the head was interested to understand, was about the operational uh, procedures for the tower crane, which was servicing the school. So we worked very closely with the head, with Richard, to keep him informed of logistics, health and safety provisions, to ensure that air operations on the site could not impact upon the school, either the fabric of the school or the boys, uh, in terms of health and safety. It began then to complicate even further because, as we said earlier, we had the shared access road with Lango Rock. McAleer and Rush then started construction, another residential block just adjacent to the school. So we had an obligation to make sure that Air Logistics considered the live operation of the school um, because the boys, because it's in a London school, they don't have provision for outside playing space uh, other than the space on the, on the roof. So they're outside curriculum is serviced by a regular basis of, of coaches which pick up the boys and take them off to other venues, Regents Park etc for outward, outward events. So we had to be very careful that all of our construction activities even considered those aspects of things as well. So something as simple as a coach coming to collect boys at a certain time to go off to do it outside curriculum, we couldn't even impact upon that. So we had to be very aware of, of the importance of, of that. 
As with all Wilmot Dixon projects, we always try and leave a lasting positive legacy in our local communities. And the team at Dudley House were really active within the community, weren't they? Can you tell us a little bit about what actually they did and, and the type of activities they carried out? As with most uh, projects, the, the customer will set a criteria of deliverables in terms of community and sustainability. Um, and from the outset, we always said we would try to exceed and go beyond those requirements. And within our team, we agreed uh, in conjunction with our community liaison officers, we would do an enhanced scheme which would su supersede or improve upon the requirements of Westminster. Um, the key thing initially was the fact we felt that going back to the school link, there were two boys that lived in the original apartment block which was demolished to facilitate the new build and we tried to ensure we included those two boys all the way through the process and so linked them through from being residents on the original scheme. They joined us on the, uh, the, the initial earthbreaking ceremony with the leader of the council and took great delight in uh, sitting in the large excavators. Um, we kept in contact with the boys all the way through while they're in their temporary accommodation. Uh, they joined us for the school topping out. They joined us for the official opening of the school. So we have a theme all the way through, the continuity, and those boys now are back at the school completing their education at this moment. That for us was key to keep that legacy going through the school and keep the relationship with the boys through the school so new boys could see that they were important as well. Mm -hmm. We tried to focus on the, the pupils, their importance of being associated with the scheme. We worked very closely with the preschool nursery, who actually had joined us literally a metre away from a basement excavation. We produced some garden furniture in conjunction with our, our supply chain partners, and we undertook a number of ish, uh, events with the nursery. And the, the outcome of that was that throughout the whole process of construction, we never had any reason or cause to give them concern. So we had a really close working relationship with the nursery, which was very important for us because it was frequented, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, young preschool kids yeah. from being collected at six o'clock at night. So we had to be very mindful that the adjacency of, of them to us was key. We worked very hard with the Canal Trust, the Society in Paddington. Right. We had a number of events where the, uh, the team would go off clearing the towpath, um, <laughs> and that was received very well in that respect. We work closely by Westminster Academy uh, and the university and we had a continual uh, influx of students, work experience from both the academy and the university and we feel that was a really successful uh, process and the team at, we at Wilmot Dixon really, really worked hard to ensure that the week's work experience opportunities was, was given the fullest attention. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody in the team had a role. When we had a new work experience joint person joining us, uh, all the team were allocated a rota of particular tasks and roles and responsibility so that at any one point in time, the work experience person or student was being chaperoned and being looked after. And we know from the feedback that was received very, very positively. And I think it was important to make sure that them spending a week with us was of value and that their team supported that in every shape, way, shape or form. It was really good. Fantastic opportunity to really showcase the different roles yeah. in construction. But what we did as well, just picking up on that point, we extended that opportunity, um, the relationship that one of our framework managers had uh, with a professor at Reading University. Um, and he made contact, uh, Professor Will Hughes made contact with us, seeking to see whether we would consider um, an event, a site visit for his postgraduates. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we did that on two occasions through the project life, and the feedback from the postgrads was to quote, it's the best part of an MS MSC course, it's been brilliant. And we got Fantastic. an awful lot of um, compliments and a good working relationship with Reading University as well. And that will extend to future projects uh, going forward. Yeah. So it, it enabled us, all of our team, to provide their technical expertise and experience and actually pass that on in a very short one-day uh, seminar to the students. But it supported their development from university and we tried to tailor the visits um, to align with their dissertations so that there was always a benefit. It wasn't just a site visit. We worked closely with Will Hughes to make sure that the, the visit was tailored to suit their current position in, in, in their education. So when they came to us, they could relate to the questions or the dissertations they were preparing. So our team responded to that as, as part of that presentation. Great way to have a massive impact on, it was really good. Yeah, on their education. It was really good. What do you think are the key reasons that's made the Dudley House project such a success? I believe from the outset the whole project concept was the project comes first. Uh, we were really focused on delivering a quality product uh, for the customer and as I've said the, the importance of the school was clear to everybody from the outset. So I think it was an honest and open approach. We dealt with questions and challenges with the project at the forefront. The resolution and solutions were important, but the outcome was to ensure the project continued at pace and delivered a, a product which was exceeding the customer's expectations mm -hmm. in terms of quality. And we did that. We did that. We really emphasised the importance of quality from the outset. We produced an apartment way, way in advance of any other apartments. We produced a base uh, tested apartment to make sure we, the build quality was there from the outset but that also extended to uh, air testing and acoustic testing and it took us a number of occasions to ensure we were achieving the, the parameters and requirements but it was key for us to do that because we wanted to make sure the first apartment was the right apartment and that was the baseline all for the other 197. So for us that we feel that gave the customer the comfort and the confidence we were taking quality very very seriously. Yeah. But all through the whole process, it was about relationships, being able to work openly with the Westminster representatives, that very positive uh, solution-finding relationship with the architects. We had a good team that were just focused on delivering a product that everybody was happy with. Very mindful that um, you know, building a 22-storey tower, the importance is that when you leave that tower, we have to ensure that we don't create a potential for uh, a, a risk in terms of maintenance or planned maintenance. So we worked very closely with the FM provider from the outset and we also ensured the dialogue was there all the way through in terms of leading up to the handover uh, and their aftercare team. So it wasn't just about delivery of construction. We also extended that from the outset to ensure the operator uh, working on behalf of Westminster and their aftercare team and offering were uh, involved very early, early on in the process. So it was a seamless process through construction to handover and the aftercare is, is there critically to ensure that as residents move into the building they have the comfort that we have the resources and the procedures to, to respond to any issues which may or may not uh, prevail. I think successful all the way through the scheme was um, being advertised, if that's the right word to use, by Westminster to other authorities. And we had a series of uh, presentations on the scheme from different London organisations, housing associations and local authorities from wide and afar. So Westminster 
were really proud to be able to present this scheme outside of Dudley House to the broader spectrum of local authorities. Yeah. And that was seen for, to us as a positive facility that Westminster felt comfortable they could bring other people and other authorities to their product, to their construction site, to not just show them about how you can do it, but to talk about different funding mechanisms, different approaches to how the feasibility can work. That culminated in a, in a site presentation. We had a day at Dudley House where over 100 delegates from different local authorities attended a one-day presentation in Dudley. And that afforded uh, Barbara Brownlee, uh, who leads Westminster's side of uh, regeneration and development, to talk to other local authority members about the mechanism, even talk about funding streams, yeah. opportunities to explore different benefits that maybe these other authorities probably hadn't quite realised mm-hmm. yet. So it wasn't just about construction. It's given us an opportunity for Westminster to really showcase their building, but to open up dialogue with other local authorities to look at other potential revenue streams, funding arrangements, etc., etc. Well, I certainly think that from listening to you today that the project has been a resounding success. So thank you very much for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Walmart Dixon is a privately owned construction and interior fit-out company dedicated to leaving a positive legacy in our communities and environment. If you'd like to listen to more of our podcast series, you can visit wilmotdixon.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode.